And we're back on Traditions. Ron Aleska with you, and I am so honored to have in our studio today uh, not just one, but two very special guests. Um, this gentleman was a guest on this program years and years ago. I think it was a phone interview we did, Eric, but back in... Uh, you were doing a benefit concert for an organization called Bergen Swan. It was a conservation... When I did this station, I did a show here before. With you, who? you probably did a show with Jerry Tracy, I think. You did it on a Saturday morning, perhaps? Maybe. We did this show. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Eric Anderson, me. ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we did this show, what, two years ago? Yeah, no, did, a year ago. Yeah. I think it was with Jerry it was Tracy. Cheryl, Cheryl Prasker, I mean, she played the percussion. Right, yeah. Jerry Tracy does a show Saturday mornings. I so think why am I doing it with you and not him? Well, you're you're lucky today. You know, you got me. So <laughs> sorry, Jerry. I'm sorry. Uh, Get well, your heart out. Well, we did. You were back on the show back in about 15 years <laughs> no ago. No wonder I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't look the same. Oh well, I've changed. <laughs> <laughs> well, we also you also did a show for us at the Hurdy Gurdy Folk Music Club about 10 years ago. That was great. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I remember that night. Well, Eric Anderson is with us today, and he's brought a special guest, Mr. Steve Adamo. Welcome, Steve. How you doing? I'm great. Nice to be here. Thanks, uh, Ron. So good to have you guys here. I know you're, you're about to embark on a, on a new tour. Uh, you're going to be at the Loft at City Winery this coming Thursday, the, April 4th, and then the Beacon. Uh, in a, you'll be at the Town Crier Cafe in Beacon, New York on Friday night, and a whole bunch of other gigs. You, you keep busy, don't you? Well, if you have a tour, you know, it's not every day you have one. <laughs> but when you do have one, it's uh, you hope and you wish and want to get as many gigs as possible, not a lot of days off. Yeah. And um, so we got a guy, a good guy in L.A. has been helping booking this tour for this whole month. Mm -hmm. And uh, he also books another brilliant artist you know, um, Albert Lee, oh. the guitarist. Lovely. Well, well, Eric, but anyway, so he and, and Cindy Cash Dollar. Oh, nice. With mm -hmm. A great yeah. slide steel player. Mm -hmm. So we're doing this, and Steve's doing some of the shows. We've got Scarlett Rivera, the violin player, yeah. who's, who's just seen the Joni Mitchell birthday special, and uh, will be seen everywhere in the Scorsese film on Rolling Thunder Review. Oh, that, I can't wait for that. Which is starring Scarlett Rivera and uh, and um, and the supporting actor, Bob Dylan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now, you were in that movie, too, the, the Ronaldo and Clarence. Apparently, I am. Yeah. The, the Scorsese, I just found out that, that I am in the movie. Uh -huh. The first Rolling Thunder review. Wow. At Folk City. They filmed it. And was Folk Patty City. Smith in that, did you say? I don't know. Uh, I read that I backed her up, and I don't recall <laughs> doing it. Well, we've got you in the studio today. I mean, would you mind starting <clears throat> us off with the song? Yeah. <clears throat> we just met. We're in New York. I came over from Amsterdam. Uh, I live in the Netherlands now, and I came over. We're in New York. Steve lives um, up the river, and we decided to meet somewhere. At a place where, where a mutual artist friend had written a song, and the place exists and was used in the Seinfeld series, Tom's Diner. Mm -hmm. And so we met at Tom's Diner, and we'd like to sing Tom's Diner for you. I would love it. <laughs> I'd be honored. Okay. Counter, 
for the man to pour the coffee and he fills it only halfway and before I even argue he is looking out the window at somebody coming in He says it's always nice to see you news He says it's always nice to see you says the man behind the counter to the woman who has come and she is shaking her umbrella and I look the other way as they are kissing their hellos and I'm pretending not to see them and instead I pour the milk I open up the paper There's a story of an actor who had died while he was drinking. It was no one I'd ever heard of. And I'm turning to the horoscope and looking for the funnies when I'm feeling someone watching. And, and so I raise my head. There's a woman on the outside looking inside. Does she see me? No, she does not really see me. Cause she sees her own reflection. Suzanne Vega. The wow. great Suzanne Vega. Wow. Uh -oh. Who has a play about Carson McCullers, and she's taking it to Europe. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, that, that's the first time you've, uh, I guess, performed that song live yeah, for anybody. first time I've ever played it. I'm honored. <laughs> well, well, we were just at Tom's Diner, yeah. and we had, Steve had an egg cream, and I had an egg cream, chocolate egg cream, and he had rice pudding, Ooh. very rich. And I had, because um, I live in Europe, we don't get these, um, What is it? Hash eggs. You had eggs. That's eggs and hash. Hash browns. Uh, hash. No, no. Uh, corned beef hash. Corned beef hash. Oh. Corned beef hash. Getting me hungry. With potatoes on the side and an English <laughs> muffin. And a, and in the days that Suzanne wrote this, there was no cappuccinos served there. It's a 70 year old family restaurant, and yeah. now there are. And I told a fib, and I said I'd call the restaurants. He says they don't have cappuccinos here. <laughs> and I fib, and I said, well, I called ahead. But he hasn't been there in a long time, so when the menu came, there were cappuccinos. Ah, uh, very nice. And then we drove over in the rain to Jersey, to Fairfield, or Teaneck. Teaneck, we are, right? <laughs> Fairly Dickinson University, parked the car, got grabbed our gear, climbed the steps, and looked at a man who's the disc jockey wearing a Keith Herring shirt. <laughs> I guess this is Keith Herring. <laughs> Well, I am so With a glad. Beard and a goatee. Yeah. And a goatee. I'm so glad you were able to do this today. And uh, I, yeah, I, I'm just, uh, you know, I've always been admiring your your, your music. Um, you know, you, I remember oh, when you, you say that to all the boys no, and girls. No, no, because, I, well, I, I do only because you were, <laughs> I think, one of the ones that really inspired this whole music scene. I remember when I first interviewed you years ago, um, you know, we were talking about folk music and the whole village scene. And you said something which has stuck with me. You said, you know, we started writing the songs because the folk songs were no longer singing to our generation. 
and uh, and that's kind of what I, th- I think you. I know you. I heard somebody say you don't like to be called a folk singer, but to me, you defined folk music when you when you said that. Well, it, the folk music provide provided the template for people to play solo, a guitar and a voice, maybe a capo. But folk music, you know, I think of it as I think of Lou Reed as a folk singer. And mm-hmm. People laugh and they say, "Come on, stop joking with us." And I talked to Lou about this, and he said, I thought I was a folk singer, too. By definition, he told journalists this, and they all said, stop talking about that. It's not true. We don't accept that. Stop. (laughs) So he stopped. But the reason that Lou Reed is a more authentic folk singer than Pete Seeger is because Pete Seeger, he cast a wide net, and he was singing songs from all over the world and trying to bring them into your living room. Lou Reed, like... By definition, the folk songs like if it sprung from, if they sprung from the soil, in the case of like Mississippi John Hurt, or Clarence Ashley, or um, the great uh, harpsichordist Gene Ritchie, or these songs that came from those hollers, the Carter family, these things came from the hollers of the deltas, or the Texas plains. I mean, that's you have to folks. It comes from a region. Seeger was all over the place. Mm. Lou Reed, his region was New York City, and he wrote about New York City. And those are New York. These are our New York City folk songs. Lou sure. Reed, sure. And that was yours too. When you when you went to the village, you were singing about your own experiences, what right. you were seeing and experiencing. It was a vehicle, it was, and yeah. because we couldn't afford bands and take bands on the road, even though we all learned guitar and rock and roll playing. I saw Elvis when I was like fifteen. Hmm. Wow. I saw Buddy Holly and the Elvis Brothers in my high school. So we learned guitar. We learned the chords there. Yeah, but um, when, but but the kind of things Elvis and those people were doing, they weren't. They were writing. Somebody how they were writing songs, you know, up great rock and roll pop songs for entertainment. But they didn't have the LP. Right. And we did, so we could write Masters of War and Thirsty Boots, and we could write all these long songs because we had the LP. It was a new medium. Mm-hmm. So they, some people said, Eric, you know. Music, you know, come on, you write all this heavy stuff, you know, music's also entertainment. And I, that never occurred to me before. Hmm. And, but, and you know, you could write long songs and Phil Oaks would say, hey man, that's Violet Stone, that's too short, write another verse, so I wrote another verse. <laughs> because we could stretch out and record long things. Sure. Yeah, the, uh, that, we that, didn't, it wasn't just, you know, um, 45s or, you know, EPs, you know, we could really write, stretch out. So, I don't consider myself a folk singer because I don't know any folk songs. I know some blues, and I learned a couple of things, but basically it was just a vehicle to write. Right. So being a writer was first and foremost to me, and I just was a writer who could hold a guitar and carry a tune, sort of. And, and you're, you're still writing, and you're still creating such, such powerful songs. You know, a lot of people I've seen from the, the folk revival era just kind of do it as a nostalgia act, but you're not that way. I mean, you're, or you're constantly... I always was a nostalgia no, 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 no. You, I mean, of course, you sing in "Thirsty Boots" and songs that we all know, but you're still writing and you're still performing and and still creating new projects. I mean, in, in the last couple of years, you've started this. I, I guess it's a project. You did a, a whole piece, a, a whole recording about Lord Byron. Oh yeah, and, I did a yeah. That's right. Thank you. Uh, I did a, write, a bunch of writers' albums in Europe. I recorded them in Cologne, mm-hmm. and um, using the lyrics of uh, the poem. You know, Lord Byron was a very controversial, scandalous figure in England. Um, and it was the, he was his greatest poet. And uh, his songs, I mean, his rhymes, 
his poems were made for songs. He was a songwriter. And the only remember will go no more Rovin and everybody got flipped out over Blake, you know, other, or B Robert Burns, but actually Byron was the, John, you know, Paul McCartney, whatever. He was the, he was, he was, the, he was the real writer. But because of, you know, things like he was, he really lived his life to the hilt and, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And he, that included girls, ladies, <laughs> ladyships, and boys, and, um, which was, you know, a capital offense, punishable by hanging. And, you know, and it, but I think he had to finally exile himself after he had a baby with his half-sister. That okay. was too much. Mm -hmm. So he had to leave. So that's why the folk scene, it's been a glaring oversight and omission of the, the folk scenes on both sides of the Atlantic, ignoring Lord Byron. Yeah. And I think it, a lot of it had to do with this sort of scandalous life that, he lived in as a lord and a lady. You know, you could pretty way, pretty much get away with everything. But there were some things he, he just went over the line. Mm -hmm. And uh, we performed this work at his ancestral home in Sherwood Forest in Nottinghamshire some years ago. And I so I recorded that in Germany, and um, the English wouldn't do it. They do, they wouldn't put up the money. Mm -hmm. And we did. Um, I worked with uh, Albert Camus and his family. We did. I read a lot of his books. I, I think that's what stop me from reading anymore. I couldn't take it anymore. The, the Camus is like great. Yeah. So uh, we did that and we did a Camus three weeks in New York City with Patti Smith and Viggo Mortensen and a bunch of people who did the celebration of Camus' visit to New York. And I did another one on Lord uh, Heinrich Bull, who's a German writer who was president of International Pen, who was in the German army. And his son, I worked with him and and got information, and I worked in conjunction with a painter too, who did shows around these things. A German painter named um, Oliver uh, Jordan. So it was very fascinating to do uh, these projects, and you know, I went around to Cologne. Was totally bombed and destroyed. It was like Dresden. You know, mm. the, only the cathedral stood. They didn't bomb that. But wave after wave, thousands of of. Um, they call those those trips when they, you know, when they bomb. What do they call those waves of bombers that come over? No. And anyway, they yeah. bombed the they bombed the heck out of the Cologne. Anyway, so he came back and became this Nobel Prize winning writer. Mm -hmm. And his son is a painter, Renan. He took me to places like the Gestapo headquarters and these all all kinds of stuff where you yeah. know, people were hung, shot, you know, tortured. I mean, it was heavy stuff. So anyway, that's the third album. And the Smithsonian Institute's taking all this stuff, and they're going to release it on Folkways. Oh, great. We'll have a chance to hear it. Well, actually, you know, I'd like to play something. Well, it's out. No, it's out yeah. in Europe. It's on Amazon. You can get it's available, but it's, it's just the Smithsonian gives you this thing, tells you this beautiful pitch that it'll be available in perpetuity. Right. So if there's a volcano, an ice <laughs> age, a nuclear war, you can still order an Eric Anderson Byron album. <laughs> well, that's that's comforting to hear. It uh, is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to play something from the uh, the Lord Byron album uh, now. It's called Mingle with the Universe. and uh, It's the uh, title of the album. Yeah, he actually, those are his words, Mingle with the Universe. He was, a, he was an ecologist, natural born. He saw a man already messing with nature. So a couple lines about that. There is pleasure in 
useless words wrapped around the lonely shore. Their society when none intrudes by the deep sea's music roar. I love not man the less but nature more. From these are interviews in which I steal. From all I may be or have been before, mingle with the universe, mingle with the universe and feel. Know what I can never express, yet cannot all, all conceal. Dark deep blue ocean roll. Ten thousand fleets sweep over thee in vain. Man marks the earth with ruin in his control. Stops with the shore upon the watery plain. Into thy depths with a bubbling crow, and for a moment, like a drop of rain, mingle with the universe, mingle with the universe, and sink without a grave, a nail, uncoffin, and unknown. Glorious mirror where the Almighty's form, dark heaving, boundless, endless, and sublime. Calm or convulsed in breeze, a gale or storm. I sing the pole or in a torrid climb. Even from thy slime, the image of eternity, the throne, mingle with the universe, mingle with the universe, and fear obeys thee. So go forth, tread fathomless alone. Break as they to me. 
That is uh, Eric Anderson. The album Mingle with the Universe, The Worlds of Lord Byron, a CD recorded by uh, our guest today, Eric Anderson. It's kind of like uh, Lennon and McCartney, Byron and Anderson. I like that, yeah. <laughs> you know, Except I, there's a couple hundred years difference uh, well, between uh, walking the planet. He'll, he'll catch up to you. <laughs> I'll catch up to him. Oh, that's right. It's that's coming right. sooner than you think. <laughs> oh, no. You know, it's interesting that you're, you're doing these projects with other poets. Uh, you know, you've always uh, written your, these incredible songs on your own. What, what was it that inspired you to start using their poetry and bringing it into your, into your music? I thought Byron was like an unsung hero, undiscovered, mm-hmm. natural songwriter. Right. That had been totally neglected and ignored by the folk scene, mm-hmm. both, both in England and in the United States. Yeah. But you're still writing your maybe own? Maybe as an act of rebellion, you know, maybe yeah. I was just being a, you know, contrary to <laughs> choose him because um, he's definitely not boring and he's brilliant no. and beautiful poet. But you're still writing your, your own songs as well, right? I mean, yeah, well, Steve and I got a half an album left and we're trying to finish. We want to try to get on Sony uh-huh. with this, you know. Yeah. We've, we've recorded half of it and I'm going to, I have another half to do. Yeah, it's a, it's. I'm 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 so happy that you're still recording and writing new songs too. As I said before, I was joking. Well, I've been about, writing a lot, but but it's been kind of writing about, but really writing with, or you know, like right. with Byron, or you know, but in terms of my own things, um, you know, I I've been working on a memoir. I've been working on a book, a yeah. bunch of books, and uh, you need to get your head in that space, you know. And you've also got a documentary coming out this year yeah. all about you called the the, the song uh, the they're trying song to get poet. some good festivals for yeah. the song poet yeah they're trying to get some good festivals for this yeah that that had to be an experience to have a, have a documentary created about you was that uh, yeah i mean i saw the film i sat there with popcorn in a snickers bar and coca-cola and <laughs> i don't even know who, who i didn't even recognize the protagonist uh-huh. in the i mean it, it, i just watched it you know, chewing gum like everybody else watches movies, and I didn't. I didn't even know where the heck they got all this stuff. I mean, I didn't. I didn't know. I had no idea where they. And they, the film argues I had an archive of twelve thousand items, which I've never really gone through. But an archivist has gone through it from London, and it's almost so much you don't even want to know about it. It's like mm-hmm. you just like so every pair of old sneakers you ever had, and it was in a bin. Would you like to go through them, or every mm-hmm. old robe you had since you were your mom? Your mom bought you the first one. At, J.C. Penney's or Sears? No. Mm-hmm. I mean, who, who's who got time to go through all this stuff? And so somebody did, and 
they came over many times um, to Europe and they scanned a lot of stuff and so a lot of the things and a lot of Super 8 film that I shot like of Warhol and Janis Joplin things in LA and New York they developed in Eastman Kodak and they used it mm-hmm. and I didn't even know it was there so hmm. so I was it was like a complete, complete surprise to me like it was to everybody else now you once wrote a song with Lou Reed uh, you can't relive the past I mean when, when you're watching a film about yourself did you have any uh, well? It's a me. You know, it's a well. It's a narrative. You know, the director of film. They have a narrative. They have an idea. It's their film. Right. I mean, if you were writing a memoir, of course, you would have another take. You know, things you would think were important would be not that. But a movie, you know, it has a, has its own life. Its own. It's a be, beginning, middle, and end. And you know, it's the way they see it. Yeah. I mean, it intersects with how I remembered it. But remember, you're looking. We all look at things from the inside out. Sure. You know, when you have film, it's like things looking at the outside in. Mm-hmm. But how in do they get? Well, mm-hmm. that's the question. That's why people write memoirs. Did you learn anything about yourself watching this? <laughs> yeah, I did, actually. You know, like how there's a lot of films with me and my first kid, you know, mm-hmm. seeing that. Um, this argument I have with Leon Russell I'd forgot about. And we crashed my sessions in Nashville. We were doing stages. That was interesting. Um yeah, I mean, and uh, also was like overhearing what people might have really thought, like Steve Adabo's in the movie, and I heard, did I really want to hear those things he th- <laughs> he thought about me? I don't know, but I had to, I sat there with my popcorn and I... It was heavily co- edited, everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was even worse than what Woody right. came up. But I mean, there were, Anthony DeCurtis is in it, and Clive Davis is in it, Lenny Kay from the Patti Smith group, um, different, different people talking heads. Sure, well, I can't wait to see it. Well, you mentioned Steve, and, and, and Steve, I know you've, uh, well, obviously, for those listeners out there who don't recognize Steve Adabo, you really should, because uh, his music has been part of this show since the beginning. I mean, I think we first met you with uh, Suzanne Vega. Yeah, that was, uh, the, that was the big moment, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you've gone on to, to work with so many artists over the years, and, and um, you know, people like, like Bob Dylan, you uh, mix that, uh, the, uh, the bootleg albums. The bootleg, the, the, the most recent fo- four or five box sets. Mm-hmm. I'm losing count now, but we started with um, <clears throat> another self-portrait, and then we moved on to Cutting Edge, which was every... And that had my song, Thirsty Boots. On. Yeah, the uh-huh. first one had Thirsty Boots, so I got to mix Bob, Bob Dylan singing Eric's Thirsty Boots, which was fun. Uh-huh. And then we went on to uh, the Cutting Edge, which was all the takes and outtakes from Bringing It All Back Home, Highway 61, and Blonde on Blonde. So that was like visiting the Holy Grail because there was so much material there, three albums worth, all the outtakes. And uh, so if if I didn't get the Grammy, I would have gotten the Guinness World Book of Records for (laughs) most Dylan Dylan mixes ever. And then we moved on to Trouble No More, which was the gospel period, which was a great band playing there absolutely the Muscle Souls mainly yeah there were some yeah there were a lot of players don't ask me their names oh, it was also Memphis <clears throat> yeah don't ask me their names now but they're in the credits and then Jerry uh, Wexler did he produce one I think so I said, don't told you don't ask me those <laughs> names <laughs> anyway and then Ron did Jerry Wexler I think it was okay. I'm not sure yeah it could be I mean I'm <laughs> I got my nose in the board you know I'm not looking at the credits that's and okay the, you're doing good you're doing and good. then uh <laughs> And then most recently we did the the More Blood, More Tracks, which was really fun because yeah. that was recorded by Phil Ramone, and I had known Phil a little bit, you know, in the old more days. More Blood on the Tracks, isn't it? No, it's More Blood, More Tracks. Is that what it, the title? Hey, this is what Bob said. Don't change, you don't, don't, don't rewrite history. More Blood, More Tracks. That was his, Bob's okay. idea. And right. uh, and that was really fun because that was really well recorded. And, and the story of that record where, you know, the, the uh, it was originally done... 
in New York, and then uh, they were about to put it out, and then Bob pulled it back. He didn't like it, and they had all the jackets printed up, and he went out to Minnesota for the holidays, and they did two days of recording with his friends his brother knew, studio musicians from Minnesota, and those guys never got credited. So guys like Keith Odegaard and uh, oh, Kevin Odegaard, I'm sorry, guitar player, this is the first time they've seen wow. their names on a Bob Dylan record. So it was pretty amazing for them, and I was in touch with them, and... Uh, and he uh, said, you know, when he first heard the, the other version of Tangled Up in Blue with the new mix, he goes, he heard things that he never heard before. So we were able to take care in a certain way that they were rushing to put it out. And um, You freshened up the reverb. It's, that's, I'm going to get a hold of these. I've never heard them. But. Well, we just, we, just, we just brought Bob to the forefront, you know. I mean, it's, right. it's, it's, you know, you, it, it's, it's kind of easy when you put up the fader and Bob Dylan's voice is there, you know. I mean, you, you just kind of try to present it the best way you can and stay out of the way and not be too clever with it and just clear it up and uh and it's a very intimate approach to that record let's put it that way well you, you've obviously done some some wonderful work um winning grammys uh, working with sean colvin as well Sean colvin that was the early days yeah. and, and after all this i finally richard shindell richard shindell yeah, yeah i did the the blue divide record which still you know, one, one of, the of my favorites. Artists on Earth. Yeah. yeah, I love the song "Fishing" on that. That came out great. You know, and, and, and you've written and recorded your own album. I did my own album, yeah. which I'm going to give you a copy of uh, when I we love leave. It. Love and it. Uh, yeah, about after 35 years of working on everyone else's records, we finally snuck in and a little bit here, a little bit there. Worked on an album over four years and came out called "Out of Nothing." And Eric plays piano on one song. Uh-huh. I'm going to work you over on this next song. Yeah, <laughs> I understand you do one of Eric's songs as and well. And yeah, actually, a few years back, I had done a benefit. Oh, I saw uh, video. Better it, than it, me. In Irvington uh, with Carter Smith. Right, he, Common he, Ground. Right. Yeah, Common Ground. And uh, thank you for remembering that. Okay, keep, keep going to Underground. I know it's, <laughs> underground. it's Common Ground. And Carter Smith had promoted a, uh, a, a Parkinson's benefit. And a lot of the mu- local musicians, Sarah Milanovic and different people were there. And um, so, you know, they said, well, you should do a, a song, you know, that Linda Ronstadt did. And, and then I realized she had done a cover of of the song Faithful. So I said, ah, that's perfect because it feeds in with my connection with Eric. So that was the first time I did it. And then somehow he coerced me into doing it the other night uh, at the show we did with Richard Barone at Outpost in the Burbs. And I got to say, it's the first time Eric has ever backed me up on something. So, uh, um, yeah, I got it over here. Eric. Eric's making sure I don't mess up this, the line I always mess up. But this, is, uh, this is Faithful. You said loving you and leaving you is the hardest thing to do. Give my foot another chance, try another shoe. But every time I see someone. Seeing you, though I have not always been faithful, I always have been true. Well, I'm sometimes seen at parties, sitting by the phone, wondering if I called you, would you be alone? When I see the looks of lovers. My heart sinks like a stone Wishing I could be there with him Instead of going back alone 
You said love me, leaving you was the hardest thing to do. Give my foot another chance, try another shoe. Every time I see someone, I'm always seeing you. I have not always been faithful. I always have been true. Have you ever walked the empty streets till the break of dawn? Maybe even hear that lonesome sparrow sing his lonesome song. Did it make you feel any better, like a stranger less alone? Though he didn't know you both had been a thousand miles from home. But you said loving you, leaving you. Hardest thing to do. Give my foot another chance. Try another shoe. Yeah, but every time I see someone, I'm always seeing you. Though I have not always been faithful, I always have been true. Though I have not always been faithful. Always have been true. Oh, very nice, Steve. That must be. I can only imagine singing that song with the with the the, the, the author well, of it right next to you. Huh? Well, yeah. I mean, when I I kind of met Eric through his Blue River record, you know, that's when I first really got into him and then kind of went backwards from there to his other his other albums and then much later on running into him at the uh, 25th anniversary of the Folk City uh, you know Folk City time and at, at that big show at the, on the pier and then you know talking to him and he was already living in Europe doing his, his other albums and said come on you know let's, let's do a let's do a record I want to do a your next Blue River you know not that it's <laughs> Not that we could ever duplicate that, but yeah. just to kind of capture what was so magical to me about that record and, and the way he wrote and his lyrics and the delivery of it all. Well, Rolling Stones said it was the, one of the best albums of the 80s. Did you ever read that? There you go. Yeah. Well, Blue Rivers, it I was mean, one of the best. It was one of the, that I agree it. with them for me. Is Rolling Stones, is that, do we take them seriously? I think everybody takes that seriously because it is a magnificent album. I told Lou Reed about it and he said, kiss of death. Oh. <laughs> no, you've, you've done so many wonderful songs. And, and in fact, songs, uh, not only Steve, but uh, you know, people like uh, the Grateful Dead, Linda Ronstadt, Bob Dylan. Yeah. Uh, so many people have recorded your songs, Eric. Uh, Blues Project. Blues Project, yeah. yeah. How, do, how does it feel when, when you Rick, hear Rick something? Rick Nelson did a great, yeah. Ricky Nelson. Yeah. Did, did, does a, as a songwriter, they, I mean, these, are these songs so personal? Do you mind somebody else singing the song and doing it maybe a little differently than you would have intended? A lot of people, I didn't like what they did to them. And I'll, sometimes they edited verses, they changed lines. Or Gillian Welch did something I didn't like. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, 
John, John Denver did a good job. Dylan did a good job on it, on that song. Yeah. They didn't mess with the lyrics. Right. I guess it's rewarding to. to but I think what was it? Mary Chapin Carpenter, Violence of Dawn. Was yeah. It? She I love that. that. Yeah. And Rick, okay. Ricky, Rick Nelson Rick, did Violence of Dawn. That was great. Rick did Violence of Dawn. And you know, it, it depends. It's, it's nice that they record them. I mean, I'm very. Yeah. It's also. Fired. It's also nice that you're, you're seeing a lot of younger artists that are discovering this music again, your songs, uh, for maybe for the first time. Well, the time. 60s, I think, you know, it's like a watershed moment in yeah. American history. And kids, from what I said, they flock into this era because they think, hey, this is the real stuff. Mm-hmm. And I mean, in, in a way it was, but they romanticize it because they don't, re- they didn't, they, they, they have other stuff over their heads, of course, but they didn't have like the Vietnam War and the civil rights thing and uh, and show it, you know, the feminist movement, all this stuff. It's all exploded now. Yeah. But then it was all, you know, the cracks. It's like the crack between the beats and the hippies, this one era of writing, you know. Mm. And I tell people that, you know, the village, it was like, it seemed, you know, like there was eight songwriters, not many. You know, Fred Neal, Tom Paxton, there's a, Dave Ronk wasn't really a songwriter. He wrote a few songs. Hmm. Peter Lafarge, these people. It's a weird thing to say, but it seems like eight people wrote about a million things. Now there's a million singer-songwriters That's struggling true. to write eight things. But, but I think they were all influenced by people like you that went to the village because I guess you probably were influenced by what you were hearing. The you know the Woody. There Guthrie's were no singer-songwriters really. But the, but there weren't. But there was a scene, an art, artistic there was scene. Hank Williams. Yeah. There was Woody Guthrie. There was Jimmy Rogers. There was stuff from the Carter family. There was the blues stuff. But there was no singer-song. This was the first thing. So so what drove you to the village in the first place when you when you were well you know you'd get you you dream you think you're going to go and change the world and you realize in a few weeks the world's going to definitely change you mm-hmm. and everybody thought well, it wasn't for the wine because I went to Paris man the wine in Paris was a lot better than what we got in the village <laughs> the kettle of fish <laughs> all right but then looking back on it now uh, you know I guess it's it's harder for for young artists to, to come up and. You know, they don't have that, that ambiance of the village. They don't have all the coffee shops. They're all looking for it. Richard Brown, he does this whole thing about looking for this, yeah. the ghost, you know, ghost upon the road, yeah. ghost upon the streets. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's the, and I mean, you know, young artists, it must be tough. There's no record companies. There's no. nobody. What do they do? Why, why would they do, why would they want to do this? And I mean, writing topical songs is very difficult, too, because in those days, you had, back in the day, you had, like, you had the news on half-hour day, like Walter Cronkite or somebody like that. You had those kinds of, Huntley Brinkley, those, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of every half-hour day, that was it. Yeah. That you'd find out what was going on in the world, and not everybody got the New York Times. Mm. So there was... Now, it's like 24-7. You can't even get a grip. There's so much today, you know, a country got obliterated by bombs or something. Tomorrow's an earthquake and a volcano the next day. And there's this the next day and that the next day. I mean, so how does this problem can even stop to get a grip on to start to write about something? 
when something else catastrophic happens yeah. and yeah. and there's so much blah 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 and there's no meaning you can't get any you can't discern any real meaning there's no explanation for all this stuff mm-hmm. it's just more of it and I think it's difficult to to be a topical songwriter I think it's very very difficult sure I guess everybody's writing not everybody but I mean a lot of people are now writing about different subjects about internal yeah you kind of you have to go with what you know and what you know is you we really don't know what what's going on out there true well what i do know is uh, eric anderson is with us today on wftu along with steve adabo and uh uh eric would could you honor us with another song yeah we we did this thing with anthony de curtis down in philadelphia he's he's an adjunct professor he's actually a phd in literature he was the editor at rolling stone you might have heard of anthony de curtis <clears throat> and then he, he does this program for journalists at the UPenn, Philly. So he was doing a thing about Lou Reed, part of it, and part about me. So it was like a, a, a two-pronged thing. And I'd been away a lot, so we we went down. I we talked about Lou Reed a little bit because Lou was a friend of ours. So we're gonna do a Lou Reed song. Peter lives out in the Wilshire Hotel. He looks out the window without glass. The walls are made of cardboard. Newspapers are blowing around his feet. His father beats him because he's too tired to bed. He's got brothers and sisters. They're brought up on their knees. It's hard to run when a coat hanger beats you on the thighs. Pedro dreams of being older and killing the old man. But that's a slim chance because he's going to the boulevard. He's going up, dirty boulevard. He's going out to the dirty boulevard. He's going down the dirty boulevard. He's going out the dirty boulevard. room costs 2000 a month. You can believe it, man, it's true. Somewhere there's a landlord laughing till he wets his pants. No one here dreams of being a doctor, a lawyer, anything. They dream of dealing on the dirty boulevard. Give me your hungry, your tired, and your poor, I'll piss on them. That's what the statue of bigotry says. You poor huddled masses, let's club them to death. Get it over with them, just dump them on the boulevard. Going up, dirty boulevard. Ending up on the dirty boulevard. He's going down, down on the dirty boulevard. Going out. Outside, it's a bright night. There's an opera at Lincoln Center. 
Movie stars arrive by limousine. The Klieg lights shoot up over the skyline of Manhattan, but the lights are out on the mean streets. A small kid stands by Lincoln Tunnel. He's selling plastic roses for a buck. The traffic's backed up to 39th Street. The TV whores are calling the cops out for a suck. Back of the wheelchair, Pedro sits there dreaming. He's found a book on magic in a garbage can. He looks at the pictures and stares at the cracked ceiling. At the count of three, says, I hope I can disappear. Fly away from the dirty bullet. I wanna fly, fly from the dirty bullet. I wanna fly, fly from this dirty bullet. I wanna fly. It's a powerful song, boys. Somebody uh, we all still miss, Lou Reed, so much. But you know, so- songs like that, I mean, they don't Listen come around day. too often. Oh, yeah. It takes a bus, busload of faith to get by. Yeah. For the wow. New York album. That, that is a folk song, as you said before. It is about, a folk song. Yeah. Everything you wrote is all about <laughs> New York. Right. Uh, with us today on Traditions is Eric Anderson and a special guest Steve Adabo. And uh, Eric uh, will be appearing this week. He's starting a whirlwind tour. He'll uh, be at the Loft at the City Winery on Thursday the 4th, Town Crier Cafe in Beacon on the 5th, and uh, Colony in Woodstock, New York on the 6th, Cafe Lena in Saratoga Springs on the 7th, and City Winery in Boston on the 8th. And then coming to Tuckerton, New Jersey, Lizzie Rose Music Room on April 10th. And that's just Have you scratch. been there? What's that? I haven't been there. I what is been. it? I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I've, I, you, believe it or not, this is the first time I've heard the name of uh, Lizzie's Music Room. So Really? Hopefully it'll be a nice place. That's a little bit further down south, Tuckerton. So yeah. huh. you should have a good time. And you got near the shore? I Tucker's New Jersey. Shore. This place yeah. really exists. Tuckerton. Well, we'll find out on the on the uh, tenth, I guess, right? <laughs> well, hopefully before. Yeah. Well, you've got it's some. A little, well, it's a little too chilly to swim. Yeah, that's true. Sunbathe on the on the shore. But this is just the start of your spring tour. You've got a, a bunch of other stops. And no, they're talking. We're going Midwest. They're talking about all these levees breaking, man. Yeah. And they're talking about not just the floods from the broken, you know, from more. 
examples of the broken America. Mm-hmm. That, but uh, there's going to be a lot of more rain. Yeah, we'll be careful out there. I think we should run an arc, not a van. <laughs> what do you think? Be careful. Get pontoons, something out there. Um, you know, I want to play another cut from um, a, a recording, a double CD that came out last year on the Sony Legacy, The Essential, Eric Anderson. And you've had some other collections over the years, but this is really the first one that was like a career-spanning uh, collection. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, More uh, or less. Th- 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 there's a piece it's on- like a movie, you know, like we were talking about the movie. It's some of it. Some of it, right. You can only do so much in two CDs with a 50-plus well, year Well, the digital curve. version is long, 10 songs longer. Yeah. Um, well, there's a song on here called Belgian Bar, which I think the two of you worked on together. Steve produced my album, Ghosts Upon the Road. We'd love to play it for you. Called Go- and Andy Newmark on the drums yeah. is Brian Ferry's drummer. And Lennon, John Lennon's drummer. John Leventhal's playing guitar also with us, right? John Leventhal, and who else? We got? Uh, Michael Vesaglia on the playing bass. bass on that track, I think, yeah. And you played guitar? I played some guitar also. Yeah, sure. That's all we can remember. We were living in a nice hotel on the Avenue Louise. Working on a project there, it was just my man and me. I was unattached back then, like a puppet off his feet. A crazy pile of broken strings Only one I had to keep We walked around the corner Saw the lights of a little bar The mood there made me curious A chance to forget a while Inside a couple tables A couple rock and roll cassettes I was drinking rum that night With a pomade-speaking French I wonder just how things have changed I wonder where you are And I wonder if a young French girl still works in a Belgian bar Brussels in October, the yellow grey is all I recall The rain ran on forever the wires on a trolley car Walking down the new wet streets Ancient wind blowing through my heart The only face I couldn't see Was the face of my true love I dreamed about the lights of Nice The rust rods of the coast I dreamed about a frozen path To the one I missed the most Then I guess it wasn't long before I was on my feet again It must have happened someplace quiet Cause I don't remember when I wonder just how things have changed I wonder where you are And I wonder if a young French girl Still works in a Belgian Think about my man again Who I heard has moved to Spain We worked hard and we traveled some To France and Italy When it rained down hard in Brussels 
it poured on you and me. And when my eyes got tangled in the honey-colored hair of the girl that poured the drinks that night when we were talking there, she had eyes that seemed to drink us up and a crooked little smile when we sailed off for the starry night and forever. Just how things have changed I wonder where you are And I wonder if a young French girl Still works in a Belgian bar I wonder if the young French girl Still works in a Belgian bar That's the song Belgian Bar, Eric Anderson. And it uh, appears on the, the collection The Essential, Eric Anderson. What was the original album that was on? Whoops, sorry. Oh, there you go. Ghosts Upon the Road. Ghosts Upon the Road, right, right. That's a powerful song the two of you did together there. And, uh, you know, Eric, uh, I mean, here you are on the road again. Um, but amazing year you've got. You've got the, the, the uh, documentary that, about you that is going to be released. You're, wor- you're coming off of these wonderful recordings. You're working on new material. Does, does it ever get tiring to do all this? Do you ever think, well, maybe I'm going to sit back and retire? Musicians can never retire. No, no. You can't unless you're dragged down by health. I mean, I did an interview today, and, you know, Mick Jagger's in the hospital, and he, mm-hmm. he had to cancel the uh, the Patriots, you know, the in Boston, I had to cancel that gig and many other gigs, and I offered to fill in with mm-hmm. my band for the Rolling Stones <laughs> sure. in June. I, I, I hope you get that. Uh, nice. I'll fill in for all the Stones days. <laughs> I got, I'll, I'll, I, I got June. I got, I got a light schedule in June. I'd be happy to do it for them. Excellent. Well, if anybody's out there Mick, listening, you, you my friend put, Mick and Keith, <laughs> put in you a good. Hear Eric do Street Fighting Man. It's really Ooh, pretty amazing. That'd be fun. I, you heard Dirty Boulevard. Yeah. I can do Street Fighting Man. <laughs> I'm sure you could. Well, uh, we were running out of time, but it's been such a We're running fun. late. We've got to move. We've got to move. Let's have another nice. song. Thanks for having us. Oh, thanks for being here. It's, hope, it's, it's, hope your internet show does great. Oh, you get a million listeners. Thank you so much. And if I play your music, I'm sure I will. That's the spirit. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> I wrote this in Italy, and it's on an album called Memory of the Future. Your room is lying empty And your heart is filled with weeds Actually, this recording, I can tell you Steve was on it Richard Thompson's on it Tony Garnier from Dylan's band Robert Aaron on sax And Richard, yeah, Richard Thompson on the guitar And Steve Came out great Do you have that Memory of the Future, the album? No I don't think I do Okay You will Take two mm-hmm. 
Your room is lying empty Your heart is filled with weeds City of your father's cold From your wasted deeds Charlotte rubs the flower She dropped between her legs Her children all are grown now She's too proud to beg Your love is seeking power Your brother's seeking gold Ooh, your son seeks his uniqueness To prove that he can break the mold You have worked the factories You have tilled the fields You have lived their fantasies To find out which are real Dreaming of the Spanish plains the hills of Tuscany Sleeping in the olive groves of sunny Italy The windmills now stand frozen Only wounded by the wind Wise men write about this place Where only fools rush in There are mountains made of marble Across the dark red sea Where masters carved out perfect gods But they couldn't set them free Far out in the distance Are the lives that can't be proved Ooh, with eyes made for seeing everything But with mouths that cannot move Close by the smiles of treachery The lovers and their seeds They look so sick and beautiful But they say what they need He's dreaming of the Spanish plains The hills Tuscany Sleeping in the olive groves Sunny Italy See the mother and the child They're waiting in a stream He's pointing to the flowers She's pointing to her wings Once she was a virgin And once she even tried to jump off of a mountain when she knew she couldn't fly The troops are on vacation They're heading for the sun Ooh, with the passports and the credit cards The armor and the guns In the Coliseum The bull is breathing fire The matador keeps and the stakes keep getting higher They're getting higher Higher, higher Ah, he's dreaming of the Spanish plains The hills of Tuscany Sleeping in the olive groves of sunny Sleeping in the olive grove Sunny Italy
WFDU Teaneck. I'm Ron Alesco, and my special guest today is Eric Anderson and uh, Steve Adapo. I, I can't thank you enough for coming by today and, and sharing these songs, and, and and for for this amazing career that you've had and uh, giving us so many songs. You give me something to play on Sunday afternoons, first of all. <laughs> without your music, I don't know what I'd be doing today. But well, it's vice versa. Without guys like you and pe- ladies like you, uh, and people like you, yeah. we. Uh, we wouldn't get people in the seats. Well, we'll keep writing those songs. Those seats for the shows. Keep writing those songs and inspiring people. Spreading the word. Yeah. Well, uh, Eric, uh, before you leave, I, I just wanted to, I'm about to play something from the new album, Joni 75. Awards, I would have been on that show. Yeah. It's all about who, how many, was, that's how they put it down. I know. He won four Grammys, she won Grant, Noah Jones, and James Taylor, uh, Diana Crawl. It, it, it becomes like this. The same thing happened when Pete Seeger turned 90. They had all these people that had no real connection with Same Pete. with the Leonard Cohen thing in Montreal. Yeah. You know, they got Courtney, Courtney Love, who's great, right. but she's, you know, a name. And that, you know, that's how this stuff operates. Mm-hmm. But, but you, you go back many years with Joni, and I, I saw some photos that. And uh, she's the godmother of my daughter. They put that uh, in a program. Uh huh. Wow. But I wrote it because yeah. they asked me to write something. How's she doing? I know you, you've 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 been. In she's touch coming with along. Yeah. She's um, you know, she had a brain aneurysm. She was on the floor for a few days, mm-hmm. and um, she finally got discovered. And she was in intensive care for a long time. And but we were there last. We went up to Cheryl and me went up to her house um, in May, and she was she was she was coming on my gigs. You know, when I was playing in LA, mm-hmm. right and. She's playing ping pong, oh, wow. and she's walking along with a cane. You know, it's, she's slowly on the mend. Oh, that's good to hear. And uh, she's got a strong will, and she's her clever, astute wiring is returning. Right. Oh, that's good to hear. Well, Eric, again, thanks for coming by today. Uh, our audience, Thank I just you. want to remind again that uh, April fourth is Thursday at the Loft at City Winery in New York City. Uh, April 5th at Town Crier Cafe in Beacon, Colony in Woodstock, New York, and then many, many other places to come. And uh, Eric, hope next time you're in the area, I hope you'll, you'll stop in again. Thank you. That's a very kind informa- uh, inf- uh, invitation. <laughs> well, let's listen now. We're going to hear some cuts. I, again, these are Grammy winners, but uh, it's still great music that's at, at the heart of Joni Mitchell.